0: song Just gets you pumped to worship God, you know what I mean? No uh, wait, uh, oh, okay All right, so my name is Cody. I uh, work here with the teens.) <laughs> and I was asked to to do the lesson this morning, and uh, we're going to continue our study of Luke. Go ahead and turn over to Luke 10. The, the passage we looks at, we, we're going to look at, is, is is the Good Samaritan, and most of us already know that that kind of story of the Good Samaritan. Even if you're you're not religious, you kind of know. Oh, that's a, he's just a Good Samaritan. He he just helps people like the firefighter that helps a little kid out of the burning building. You know, he's just a Good Samaritan, and you you kind of understand the story. And 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 for us, I it makes me think of when you're in a tight spot. All right? Maybe maybe you're driving somewhere and your your car breaks down. And then you're like, I need to really get there. I'm late for work. And then someone comes and and helps you out. Like, man, that's awesome. Or maybe you're on your way to your you you have a ride to church and then they they can't give you a ride anymore. And then you have to try and find another ride. And it's like Please, can you come get me? And then when they come and get you, you're just so, you're grateful. You're like, man, he really wants me at church. It it makes you feel like people care about you. It makes you feel the love. And when we look at this story of the Good Samaritan, that's, that's what it means. That we're showing love for one another and taking the time out of our schedule, going out of our way to make people feel the love of God. So, we're going to be reading in Luke 10, verse 25 through 37. All right. The word reads, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inter- inherit eternal life? That's a great question. That's, every Everyone here had that question one time or another. How do I do this? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. He knew what it took. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jesus said, go and do likewise. So we see in this passage, we have this lawyer who's who's trying to test Jesus. He asks Jesus, how do do I inherit eternal life? Which seems like a, a pretty good question. Jesus asks, what does it say in the law? And then he replies, to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, but also to love your neighbor as yourself. And then... He could have left it at that, but the, the lawyer was like, you know what? I'm going to take this a step further. I'm going to try and justify myself by asking him another question. Who is my neighbor? And in this passage right before, or in the parable, it there's a huge picture that's not completely drawn just by the Scripture. From, on the path from Jer- Jerusalem to Jericho, Jerusalem is about 2,100 feet above sea level, all right? Jericho is about 850 feet below sea level, all right? So there's a huge decline in the terrain. I think it's about 18 miles in between the two. So just imagine going from Jerusalem to Jericho. You're going downhill the whole way. But not only are you in a pretty tough terrain getting to Jericho, the path that's taken here is also – it's referred to as the bloody way or the ascent of blood and this path is notorious for having robbers for having thieves murderers outcasts of society on this path ready to to strike ready to take advantage of people traveling so keeping that in mind when you look at the priest and you look at the levite and you see a man your first thought isn't well Thinking about it, like you know there's people on this path that are trying to take advantage of you. Your first inclination might not be to, you know what, I'm gonna help that person. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out of my way and, and take care of them. It'll it'll probably be something like this: like, he's faking. <laughs> he's faking, he's gonna try and get me. Or if I help him, maybe he's not faking. Maybe someone else will come along and try and get me while I'm trying to help him. Maybe, maybe it's not even like that. Maybe, or I'll get to that. Mine's. When we see these excuses that could, could come up, but it's funny how Jesus picks a Samaritan to be the good the good neighbor or the good Samaritan. Because this would have been like salt in the wounds of a jew, like you're you're painting a Samaritan in a good light, the hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans I tried to to think of an analogy. I was thinking of maybe a a, a cowboy's redskins, but that that doesn't that doesn't cut it that that doesn't cut it. The hatred would have been even more. It's like civil war, blacks versus whites. This kind of hatred towards one another. That's what would have been felt here. Not, not a fun game, but it's serious. And we look at this and we see it wasn't just one way. The Jews just didn't like the Samaritans. They were, they were uh, mixed breeds. They, they, they intermarried with pagans. But it's also the other way. Samaritans can't stand the Jews. They thought they didn't uphold the, the law. In uh, 1650 AD, the, Judah was taken into exile by the Babylonians. And when they came back, the, the Samaritans just hated them. It's like, you're not upholding the law. So it was vice versa. So when when Jesus says that the Samaritan is the good neighbor, not the Levite, not the priest, that would have stirred some hearts, especially for this this lawyer, or for the people listening that are Jews. It would have stirred hearts. It was like there is no way that that person would have done that. But I think Jesus is trying to get at the heart of of the the lawyer. He's like the lawyer is trying to justify himself. The lawyer is trying to make himself be that good. Neighbor. You know, I want I want an acclamation, right? I want. I want you to tell me that I'm that neighbor. It's similar to the rich young ruler. He comes with all these great things he's done. There's one thing you lack. I think when we look at this, we see Jesus is trying to portray a picture. Lawyer, listen to me. You're not justifying yourself by by asking me this question. I have one point. The point is, like a good neighbor, will you be there? I think put yourself into the mindset of the priest. Put yourself in the mindset of the Levite, walking by. All right, you're walking. You see the person down there, hurt, bleeding. He's half dead. Would you stop, knowing that this path is notorious for people that are trying to take advantage of you? You stop. There's. He could be faking. Like I said, it might not be him. But it might be someone else coming along the way. He could take advantage of me trying to help him. The guy is probably bloody. He's half dead. As a Jew, or as a as a Levite, as a priest, you get touched with that blood. You are defiled. If you touch it, and say he's he is dead, you touch that dead body. You're defiled. That means you have to go through the whole cleansing process. Being outside of the city, you're an outcast now, because you are defiled. before touching that person. There there's so many excuses that would be justified. Think about it. If you say this person that the the priest went along, didn't help him, and was talking to another priest about what he what had happened on the road there. Yeah, I saw a man, but I if I would have touched him, I would have been unclean. The other priest would probably be like, You're smart for not touching him. You're you that, that that makes sense. Or even uh with the the thieves and robbers, you know, if you would have stopped, that you're right. You could you could have been hurt. You could have been robbed. You could have been killed. It makes sense that you didn't. And we can. It's so easy to justify the Levi and the priest motive for keep going. And I, that that's super convicting. But I, I think the the most convicting point here is when when you're leaving Jer- Jerusalem, going to Jericho. You have a set plan. You're doing something. If they're leaving Jerusalem, they're probably done with their priestly duties and going back. You're probably on your way home. You might be tired. <laughs> you, you have a plan in your head. And to help this person is going to take you out of your routine. It's going to, and think of the, the work that might have to go into that. You know, I'm tired, I, I just want to go home. This person needs help but if I stop and help them say I do help him with his wounds and stuff like that, that means am I just going to leave him there still? No, i got to take him somewhere. i got to take him somewhere to get help. That's more time that I'm not going to be able to do what I want to do. And just imagine the thought process of the lawyer and the Levite. I believe Jesus is telling this parable to really get under the skin of the lawyer. To make sure that you're not justifying yourself by asking me this question. But you know what? The Samaritan is the good the good neighbor. The Samaritan did these things that the priest and the Levite didn't do. And it's, it's right after that, he says, uh, go and do likewise. Jesus doesn't say this just to, to say the parable, but he says, it, all right, now you do it. You, you've heard this parable of the Samaritan helping? Now you do it. Put some action. Go and help your neighbor. Because if you think about it, all these excuses that the Levite, the priest, all the excuses that could have came into their head, it's not justifying them from being disobedient. God said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you were laying... Down there, half beaten to death, you would want somebody you know, right you would want someone to stop and help you. love your neighbor as yourself. I think this is this is a universal principle we see here in the Levite and the priest it's it's universal here and now, there and then, we need to take this principle into into action. I know for myself i I, I struggle with this idea of making excuses in my head. Sorry, I don't have the wireless mic. i got to stay here. (laughs) I I struggle with making excuses in my head. The past three weeks, I have to say, I I have allowed my excuses to win out. I've allowed the fear that I have. What are people going to think of me? When I'm in the grocery store and I'm in line and I have the, the best intentions to share with this clerk. And then two people come right behind me. And I'm looking at them. I'm looking back at the clerk. I'm looking at them. Looking back at the clerk. And I'm like, all right, well, I do have to get ready for Devo. You know, I, I, I do have to pick up pick up these teens. I, I, I don't have time. I, I got to – I'm sorry. And I just keep going. And I allow my fear to – create the excuses allow my fear to be like to make these justified in my head you know i I, someone else will share with him. someone there's a lot of disciples that live around here this this uh from fresh is very saturated you know we'll they'll they'll get met one day and i'll allow the excuses to build up in my head It's crazy the the past week we we've been talking as a staff that that we want to be led by the spirit we want to be led by the spirit and every time you're pulled to share with somebody to do it every time and it's really convicting because when say you're sharing with people and then you miss that one person and it's like, oh, that wasn't every time I need it, and I would journal about it. Like, why didn't I? Well, I gave in to my fear. Or, why didn't I? You know what? I just didn't think about it. Like, I was thinking about myself. But this past week has been so awesome in the true sense of the word. Where I'll just go out and I'll share with like 8 to 10 people not even thinking about it. Because, you know, I, I filled a pool. And like, you know what? I need to share with that person. Let me go share with them. I'll fill a pool. Let me share with that person. When I was in a, um I was in a coffee shop and we were standing in line and we struck a conversation with uh the person in front and he got his stuff and left. But I'm like, I didn't share with him. So I was so pulled I got out of line. I was like, all right, I gotta <laughs> I can't can't allow myself to give in to fear or anything like that. I got out of line, I went out, and I shared with him and the lady he was sitting with. And it's not anything that I'm doing, like, it's not me at all. It's it's this. I was prompted by the Spirit to share, so I went and did it. I think we can be prompted by the Spirit to be good neighbors for those in need. I mean, what is it for you? Is it the fear? The fear that, what are people going to think of me? Am I going to come across as a self-righteous, like, my church is the best? Or is it, you know what, I just want to love you. I just want to be there for you. Are you giving into that fear, or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's you feel like you don't have time. You know, and we have all busy schedules. I'm not. I'm not doubting that. There's. You probably. You got kids. You. You got a job. You. You got other extracurricular activities that I don't know about. <laughs> you're, 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 your. you Your. Your schedule is probably jam packed. You. You know what? You probably don't have time. You, you're already doing going to Bible talk. You're already going to midweek and Sunday service. Like You have a lot on your schedule. But I think you you can't allow that to to be your excuse not to be outwardly focused. You have. Jesus commands us to. Most days you, you probably don't even th- think you have time to think about yourself. You wake up, go to work, come home, make dinner, go to sleep. Do it all again the next day. But I, I think we, we see here, we can't allow our routines to justify while we're not out, out really focused. The priest was on his way to Jericho. And he did not improvise and help that person. The Levite did not improvise his schedule. I think I think for us as a church, we're really good when we have plans. You know what? For the campaign, you know, we're going to go all out and share. We're going to share on Saturday morning at Lark- or Mount Trashmore. We're all going to go there. We're all going to share, and we're going to be outwardly really focused. I think we're good at that. We're, I think we're really good as a church at planning evangelism. But when it comes to that impromptu evangelism, I think that's where we need to start not thinking about our schedule so much and like thinking about this person who, who possibly could be going to hell. We need to be more outly focused, not for ourselves, but for the people that we're allowing to walk by us. Going throughout your day, only thinking about yourself. I, I struggle with this. You know, I, I see people as, sometimes I see people as, as obstacles. Like I am trying to get over there and you guys are in my way. Or maybe when you're driving, like I, I struggle with this, like when both the cars are going the same speed and two lanes, and oh, I just sit down and pray, like God, give me peace. But I see people as more obstacles rather than, you know, what they could, they need Jesus, they need to be set free from their worries. I think. It's not just for the people who are lost, though. I think in this passage, you see the Samaritan stopping the person he didn't know. He didn't know him, and he helped him. And I think that's very applicable for us, going out, sharing our faith. But I think this this passage can also be used for even people inside our church. There's people inside our church that are hurting. And we need to be there for them. When someone calls for that ride, like... If I don't give them a ride, they probably won't come to church. Are you going to be that good neighbor? When you look at the the priest and the Levite, there's so many excuses. There's so many times that you could be justified for your excuses. But we see here in the passage, Jesus is making it very clear. Your excuses don't justify you from disobeying. God says, love God with all your heart. And love your neighbor likewise, so as we as we see this, we need to take every opportunity to to read this passage and see that God wants us to do likewise. Be that Samaritan, be the person that that's willing to do anything to help another person. And as we're, we're reading this passage, we see that that God calls you to do that. He calls your neighbor as well, but he calls you to be the neighbor. He calls you to be the good neighbor, to stop, help someone on the road. It's, it's easy, in my head, it's easy to give money to someone begging for money. Because most likely they'll come to your car door, and you can just give them the money. It's hard when you have to get out your car and go to them. Putting forth every effort, not allowing the obstacles or, or the excuses to get in your way. I think it's interesting when, when, when Jesus asked the, the tax collector which one of these three men were the good neighbor. We already talked about how the hatred between the Samaritans and the Jews. He wasn't even able to say the Samaritan. He said the one that showed mercy. He didn't even want to say his name. I think we have to be that person who shows mercy. We have to do as the the Bible calls us to do. I think this this passage is so practical. Go and be the good neighbor. We have a tailgate service next weekend. I expect, and I think God expects us to be that good neighbor all this week, sharing your faith like a mad person. You know what? When I when I was in in campus and We would go into class expecting, I'm going to share with everybody in this class. Maybe not all at once, but I'm going to get to every single person and share with them. Do you think about that when you enter a coffee shop? You know, there's only three people in here. I could do it all together, or I could go individually. Or maybe when you're in the grocery store, looking at the beans or or whatever. There's someone in the same aisle, there's only one person. Are you thinking, you know what? I can share with that person, or when you're checking out of the checking out talking to the the man or the woman who's the the clerk there's so many people we walk by every day we have the great opportunity to share our faith with them to teach them about jesus let's let's do that this Sunday is our tailgate service there's probably what. Maybe 350 seats in here. Let's blow it out of the water. There's we're we're barely fitting now in the parking lot. Let's make sure that we have to, I don't know, tear down some trees and build another parking lot so that we can. Okay, maybe not. I'm I'm getting a shaking ahead head over here. <laughs> but let's have so many people. Let's bring out our neighbors, our actual neighbors, the people that live right next door to you. Do they know you're a Christian? Let's bring them out. Let's bring the people in the grocery store out. Let's bring the people in the park. People in our own neighborhood right over here. Let's make sure this Sunday service is the absolute biggest service ever. It's so easy to invite people to. Oh, do you like to eat? Oh, me too. (laughs) We're going to have a barbecue. And we're going to learn about Jesus. It's probably the easiest thing to invite someone to. And it's going to be fun. And they're going to get to know more and more about Jesus. I think in conclusion, we have to. We have to obey God's word. And God says to to be that good neighbor. To be the neighbor that is inviting people. To be the neighbor that is, is just being compassionate to someone. Like picking them from up for church or, or taking them soup or something when they're they're sick or anything. Being that good neighbor is critical. Because God calls us to do it. So as, as we go this week, let's make sure that we're doing that. Let's let's make this service incredible. Let's make it so that, that we have to bring in the extra chairs in the other room because so, we're so packed in here. Let us do that this week, and let us do this as a lifetime because this is God's Word. Amen.